Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait. You are entering the Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson, your host, and you are listening to 100.9 FM WCHQ. And we are going to be pounding out the best in Louisville metal for you. And if you've got a request, all you've got to do is send it to WCHQMetalForge at gmail.com. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's Thursday. It's 100.9 WCHQ. I am Mark Jackson, your host. And tonight I have a special treat for all of you all. I have a Locust Tide coming in to perform some songs. I have Adam Neal from Savage Master talking about their new album. And without any further ado, we're going to start the show off tonight kicking and screaming. This is Ironclad by Abominant.
right, that's Cryptic Him with Nazgul. Before that, Blind Scryer was slow moving and starting the show off with Abominate Ironclad. And I have a Locust Tide here in the studio. Gentlemen, how the hell are you? What's up? Doing all right. All right, so why don't you all introduce yourselves out to the people in Facebook land and FM radio land. Right. Well, I'm Jared. I play keyboards for the band. I'm Zachary Kendall, and I play guitar and the bass for the band. And my name is Jim, and I'm, I'm the drummer. All right. He's the Anvil Smacker. The Anvil Smacker? Hey, this is the Metal Forge, so hey, he's in the right place. That's right. So, gentlemen, tell me a little bit about A Locust Tide. How did you all start out? Because you all are a new band, and t- just give me some info. You yeah. know, how did you start? Who's the spokesperson of the band? I bet it's Jim, isn't it? No. It's totally Jim. We just, well, it's, it's rooted around Jim. How, how did it start? Yeah. I guess it started when we were nine years old, right? Well, we've known wow. each other for a really long time. But, and y'all are 15, so. No. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to be. Yeah. Yeah, but this this generated uh, actually some years ago. And uh, yeah. it was me and Zach. We've had you know other people come in, but uh, it, it didn't take off and, you know, until. Actually, we got hold of Jared, and that's when it took off. Yeah, that's when it clicked. Um, and it, ironically, Jared lives right next door to Jim. Yep, that's how I met them. So really, I feel wow. like wow. Talk about convenient practicing. Oh, it's oh, yeah. it's great. It's I got nice. a yeah. lot of keyboard gear, so just walking next door is really convenient. Absolutely, yeah. it's like, hey, oh, man, I can't make it to practice. I'm not home. I can see your car, man. Right, right. <laughs> I'm looking in your window, man. You're playing video games, dog. Right. Yeah, right. I always get caught. <laughs> so what is a locust tide? What is the name? What is what does it mean? Oh, man. We went through uh, – it, it evolved in a lot of ways, um, and I'm trying to remember all of it. It started off – Well, Jimmy Tuesdays. Jimmy Tuesdays. What we called Jimmy Tuesdays. Yeah. yeah, based on a Tuesday night. A Tuesday night to come over to gyms, a lot of a lot of different people, um, to not I mean not necessarily party, but definitely to have a few drinks and um, grill guys, out. No, you guys don't drink, do you? Well, sometimes. At least we used to on Tuesdays. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. But yeah. um, brought a lot of good minds together. People really from like different points of view. So I guess. Um, the band kind of came out of that, but that would be the locus, right? The coming together of uh, different minds and um, a lot of conversations. I wouldn't say it was like a men's group, but there wasn't, I mean, except for a few um, ladies that would come by, it was mostly guys just like, man, what is, what's going on these days? You know, that sort of thing. Who are we now? Who, what's, what's it like to be, uh, I don't know, a man in this culture, maybe. Right. And, um, you know, what's, where is it going? So trying to make sense of our life. Yeah, in really? the contemporary American context, right? More or less. And everyone had their own point of view, you know? So it was kind of cool. That's awesome. I mean, that's a very, you know, in the tide is roll tide, you know? Rolling out, right? Right. So that's that's actually pretty deep. That's, yeah. you know, a lot of people, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, I saw it written on the wall somewhere. Or, you know, or I just <laughs> took two words. Or, you know, they there's so many... Band name generator names out there, yeah, yeah. Uh, like Overload is no. I'm. <laughs> uh, I think we might have tried one of those. I was to say, oh, I, yeah? I definitely looked at it when we were playing around with names because uh, yeah, you, I started with Jimmy Tuesday, and it's like, you know, the interesting thing is, is if y'all would have kept that name and playing what you play, 
it would be so it's so different because yeah. it would not match it the name not. at It'd all. Like but it's a, so, you know, yeah, it's like yeah. a pop name. Like, yeah. hey, come on out and see Jimmy Tuesdays, right? You like know? A, and it's like just pop like, metal or something. Yeah, or like a deal at a Sizzler. Come in for Jimmy Tuesdays, <laughs> right? Half right. drink special. Sizzler. Oh my gosh, there don't even exist anymore. Well, that's a shame, <laughs> isn't it? Now I'm just just like Shoney's or something. <laughs> Ponderosa. Oh, you know, there's still one of those in really? Scottsburg, Indiana. Wow. Yeah. And That's not too far. Yeah, it's like 35 miles. Yeah, if you're really craving some Ponderosa, though. Word. Some buffet. Yeah. All yeah. right. So getting into the, the music questions here, you know, it's like, how do you all, what do you all do to write a song? Do you, how do you do it? Because uh, you've, you've got drums, you've got keys, and you've got bass slash guitar. Here and I know you you played bass on a lot of stuff, but you're also starting a forte into playing more guitar on stuff. Is that correct? Well, traditionally I was or a guitar both. player, but I mean, so you kind of pick up the bass sometimes. These are riffs I had laying around for a, like a really long time, as it often goes, right? Right. Um, you know, yeah. The old rock star twenty dream, years, yeah, twenty years of writing. Yeah, essentially, in some cases, absolutely true. But um, uh, I guess. Presented, I presented them to you, and we started to get the hang of things a little bit. Like, you started playing keys again, I believe, right? Yeah, I, I um, had picked up the keys again, and I was playing, yeah. like, Beethoven covers and stuff. You know, I was just doing real classical-type things because I wanted to, like, learn some technique, and I wanted to play something that's like, oh, it's just piano. Like, I can try this out. And uh, that's when Zach came along. He's like, man, you know, I got some songs. Like, you know, it's like we sat down one night, and it's like, well, you know, Jim plays drums. and Hey, my and, neighbor's a drummer. Right. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and you're playing keyboards, and I got these songs, and I'm playing guitar or bass or whatever. So mm. why don't we uh, try something? And uh, that's when Zach started coming over and, and really, like, helping me get up on these songs and, like, learn them and everything else. And, uh, so there was an approach. Yeah, we had an approach to it. Because, uh, you know, it's one thing when a, a person at this day and age with Ableton, for example, can write whatever they want and just have total control and all that. That's not really what I wanted to do with these ideas. My goal was always to give it to other folks, other people, and get some kind of collaboration going, that sort of thing. Absolutely. That was the like the biggest joy in the beginning. Like Once we started to click and the writing came, like uh, it just it grew from there. We got really excited, and and Jim, I mean, it's this guy, he's a he's like a clock, you know, held it all together, which was totally necessary. I I know I, I know, play in I play in another band with Jim, right so on, right on. yeah, absolutely. I know yeah. how he is. He's the backbone. Like, he's got it going yeah. like something crazy. He's one Indeed. of the best drummers I've ever played with. Oh, he's lovely. Yeah, he he on. sure he's beats. Lovely. He if I if I could, I've I've tried talking him in. To jump to jumping over to overload, but I can't get rid of the other drummer. He just, you know. Well, you know how Todd is. <laughs> Hi, Todd. There he's, he is. <laughs> he's here running sound for the for these gentlemen tonight. Yes. Uh, whatever his uh, Hawkins Studio, Birdland Studio, Birdland Studio, something like that. He he won't come up with a name because he's too afraid to. Because then it's in cement oh, at that right. point. <laughs> well, and, which is who you all recorded with, and, correct? Absolutely. Which absolutely. is Todd Hawkins. You can find him on Facebook and go get your demos and actual full length albums recorded through Todd. Quality stuff for real. It really is. Todd's it's, got the setup, and he he has good rates. Indeed. Yeah. Generous. I agree. And, yeah. and he's a pushover, folks. You know. 
<laughs> Wait for Todd to like stick his head back in. Yeah. Right. There you know, it is. <laughs> he he's he's got it's like Big Daddy. He's got the glasses on so you can't see him. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So I I know this is a, a a new fledgling thing that you've got. You haven't really played any shows. This is world premiere tonight, you know. Um, but you know, before this, what is your greatest accomplishment musically? What do you think, Jim? I, he's I, done I, so much. I, I know he I has. Could. He's got like forty nine albums. No, I don't get that many numbers now. I couldn't say. I couldn't. I, mean, I couldn't say you couldn't count how many albums you have on two hands. Well, you probably got at least ten. I've I mean, seen your easy. album stack, Jim. Well, it's pretty tall. Like Thirty or forty for real. Yeah, that he's just done. From Obama alone has ninety-seven albums. Oh, no, <laughs> no, not really. I'll say that was the longest band I ever right. played with. And with probably the most releases, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So since they, you know, they've been together ninety-three to what two thousand sixteen. Right now, you know, it was half of that. You know, towards the end. But yeah. So what's your Legendary. so if that's your your biggest accomplishment? What is it? What is it to? What do you want to do to get bigger than that? Bigger, I just you know, as long as I play, you're good. You know, yeah, as long as I feel it, you know, I'm good. Awesome. That's that, it. hey, that's you do it for the love of doing it. That's right, awesome. Right, that's right. good stuff, Jim. Yeah. Zach, yeah. what about you, Zach? I, I don't know. I think I had an opportunity like an undergrad. Um, to play in, like, jam bands, which helped me develop, you know? Right. I'm like a lot of folks that, I mean, we all know, uh, you know, starting out playing Metallica covers, that kind of thing, right? Absolutely. You know, and then it kind of went into some punk and some other stuff because Alternative was big there in the um, early 90s. See, I kind of missed the black and death metal thing. And, uh, I mean, you know, abominant. it. I think about a Cataclysm. I mean, they were oh, gosh, ground yeah. up doing some amazing stuff. But yeah. I, I never was exposed to that. And I was content just to kind of be a, a punker, really. You know what I'm saying? Like, just, you know, power recording and everything. But um, with a little bit of musical sensibility being given to me, like, I maybe I've always had the benefit, in a sense, I would say, uh, playing with people that were better than me. And you learn and you grow, right? You pick things up, and uh, that kind of opened a new door. So up to this point, that, was, that would have been the, the big change for me, I feel like. Good deal. Yeah. So what is your goal to surpass <sighs> what you've done? Go for it. Just see what you can do, you know. Get some love out there and uh, keep on writing. Keep on doing it as long as possible, you know. Awesome. Yeah. Good deal. Word. Jared? Well, mine's a toss-up. Uh, I don't have as much musical experience as these guys, so it would have to be um, between the 30-second solo I had in eighth grade band. Woo! Right? <laughs> or the time, I think it was last New Year's, no. uh, we were over at my house, had a little get-together, and um, Jim had just moved uh, his second drum kit over there. And uh, me and him started jamming around, playing a few songs, and there was people there that didn't know that we really played music, and they were kind of, like, taken back. So I guess that was probably the best. Wow. Heck, yeah. It was cool. It was, yeah, it was fun. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. That was awesome. That's good stuff. Yeah. Seriously. Um, if you could have written a song or an album by anyone else, it's like your absolute, you know, damn, I wish I would have written that thing. You know, it's like, that's a very good idea. You know, what would it be? Oh, I know. That's right away. What's Hemispheres that? Hemispheres by Rush. Oh! <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I would have to, yeah, there's a lot of... Rush, I'm into. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's just it's in the right. That's how me and Jim became friends was because of Rush. You bonded over Rush? Yeah, yeah. He had when he first moved in, we were like neighbors and it was like, Hey, how you doing? You know, that kind of thing. One night he has this party going on, and he comes by and it's like, Hey, you know, if you want to come over, hang out, that's cool. So I stopped by and uh when you walk in Jim's house, first thing you notice is he has a wall, and I mean floor to ceiling <laughs> from wa- from one wall to the other of CDs. Oh my gosh. I mean thousands and it's it's wonderful. So immediately I got start rifling through them. I didn't even play music at this point. I just was a big fan of music and I start rifling through and he's got every death metal CD probably ever written uh on this wall. Crazy and I'm going stuff. through it and I, I at the time I wasn't really into death metal or any kind of metal really. And I find Rush there in, in all of this. It was like the unicorn in the, in the middle of this valley. And uh, I was like, you like Rush? He's like, yeah, I love Rush. He's like, and then I'm like, of course, you, you play drums. Like, right. Neil Peart, you're going to love Rush. So uh, then we put Rush on to the dismay of everybody else at the party for the rest <laughs> of the night. And me and him bonded. And I was like, this is my new best friend. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So Hemispheres by Rush. That's awesome. Zach, what about you? That oh, that one song or album that is like the mecca. I, I I'm still stuck on a uh, sabotage by Black Sabbath. Oh, you know, yeah. It's like that's when things were kind of starting to crumble for them. There's like a, a certain anger, yeah, and desperation definitely. in it, uh, and they were so uh, progressive. What's your favorite song on there? Probably um, the Rit. Ah! You know, yes, really, Ozzy's never sounded so good. There we go, yes. boom. Yes, yeah. yes, the writ. I mean, he was. You have answered it. correctly, sir. Does that mean he wants some money? Oh, well. no, I wish. Cheeseburger. No. You know, uh, I have a new setup for going into the new year, and it's a game show. Oh. I'm going to have a game show. Yeah. And it's Bible verse or Black Sabbath lyric. <laughs> Oh, Copyright, trademark, the Metal Forge. It sounds pretty good. So pretty, I want to play. It's an interesting thing, yeah, because some people you'd be surprised who oh, that's that's a Black Sabbath lyric. Nope, <laughs> or vice versa. <laughs> right, you know. In some cases. Well, Zach, if uh, we get a phone a friend option, I'm definitely calling you. Yeah. Oh well, I got your back. I'm well versed, and it's it's not just uh, not just Aussie Sabbath. It's all it'll be. Everything, even the Tony Martin era stuff, which is good. I like that era too. I've grown so. to love all of it. Right. I used to be a snob. I was all. I was like just Ozzy. You know, just up the street here, yeah. guest room records. I I was able to. It, it was a. It's not a bootleg. It's a. It's like what they call a licensed bootleg. It was a. It was a bootleg originally. Then they bought the rights to it and reprinted it. Hmm. Um, was forbidden. Oh, dig it. Have you? heard forbidden before he's probably got a copy of it actually it's like early 90s uh, about 95 okay and it's the last black sabbath album that's actually a considered black sabbath album until 13 came out okay yeah because like the heaven and hell stuff in the mid 2000s mm. yeah it's well, a little bit different dio is amazing obviously he's like oh, the yeah. freddie mercury of metal i mean or freddie mercury's the dio of everything else okay. <laughs> right it's gr- I mean, that's. I'm not going to question me into, that. He got me into Dio. I really? must say that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I know Jim's I got like a serious. lot, uh, a wide range of music that he listens to. It's not just all metal and oh, and rush. Yeah, I listen to everything. You were singing some Loretta Lynn out in the parking lot yeah, earlier. Yeah, I was. Yeah, that's yeah. good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, if you had a had to pick an album, Jim, what would it be? It'd be it's or a, a song? That's hard to say, but you know, 
I can only, I mean, go back what impacted me, I guess, with, you know, bands like Dio. You know, right. And, of course, you know, the, the you know, speed metal scene, you know, in the 80s. Late oh, 80s, yeah. And, you know, what really got me was the, you know, the death metal scene in the early 90s. That's what, boom, it, it, it changed me there. Then, of course, I'm into black metal, too. But, uh, I, but as far as, you know, those bands that I was into, you know, the early 90s was, you know, where... You where know, it happened, yeah. Yeah, where, yeah absolutely. You know, yeah. Um, and I just want to say, too, you know, if you have any recordings from previous bands that you've been in, either any of you, get them to me. We'll get you in the database, oh. and we'll get some get some stuff rolling on spinning you guys, it's regardless great. of time period, you know, because we're an all-local station. We play everything. Like, I've been... I played some arm bar stuff the other day, you know. It's, it's oh. good stuff. Sweet. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely have to get you this album when it's done. Oh, I'm, I'll, uh, the guy who's recording it will get it to me for sure. So, Excellent. but I, I definitely want a physical copy of of whatever y'all put out. Absolutely. Hopefully you don't. Hopefully you put out a physical copy of it. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We're that's one of my things as a music. That's one of my things as a musician myself. I love to have a physical copy yes. of an album, whether it's you know I can whether it's a CD jacket or an actual jewel case or uh, you know something on wax or whatever. Right. I, I like to have a physical copy to look at to to flip through a booklet or whatever too. Yeah. You know I love disc art. I've you know, album artwork. I love all of that. So it's oh. definitely a dying trend these days, where it's all digital on a phone, yeah. and you and you see a, a little thumbnail of what could be an awesome album cover, but you really don't know. I still, I still totally buy CDs. Oh care. yeah, I go to the Great Escape, man. I'm just, I'm and, always and you rifle through like, the hunting. absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I do it at get. I go to pretty much process. every local record store. Better Days on Bardstown Road. Yeah. Um, Guest Room Records up the street here on Frankfurt Avenue. Matt Anthony, um, you know, who moved over to Baxter Avenue now. You know, all of those, even some that were they're not here anymore. So, but I totally go through all that stuff and, you know, just have to find every goofy little thing that I can find. I was actually at Great Escape on Saturday yeah. and found a cassette copy of S.O.D. Speak English or Die. Yeah, that's, that's, that's ironic. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I know what you're talking about. I've got, about. It, on, I've got, it, on, it. I've got it on CD, yeah. but I found it on tape there, and I'm like, oh, i got to get this. Right. You saw it there? I have it, but I saw it, and I, I texted Jim. I was like, Jim, you want me to pick this up? No, it's okay. I've already got it. <laughs> so it all worked out for you. Mark. He's probably got a first printing of it. For real, right? The black cover. Something pure. I've got the I've got a CD print of the of the silver cover, the yeah. re, the ten year re release. Right. It's such good stuff, you know. Uh, <laughs> Big small town, I guess. Yeah, really. It's it's, it's total it's total good stuff, you know. Yeah. So if you could play a concert from days gone by, you know, like a huge concert. You know, you always hear of like Woodstock, Isle of Wight, you know, Donington festivals. You know, uh, what's the uh, the Monsters of Rock over in like Russia? You know, what would it be? What would you have? You know, what major show if you could have ever played it? What would it be? Hmm. Mm, that's a tough question. That's a good question. I, I guess it depends on what your influence is. Man. Really, I mean, because I I look at the picture of. Uh, Metallica on the stage at Donington in 84 hmm. on the Ride the Lightning Tour. And there's just like tens uh, of thousands of people. And I'm like, oh, my God. still there. Yeah, absolutely. Know? 
That's and it's cool. just one of those things, you know. It's like I wish I could have been there for that. I wish even I as a fan. Word, man. Like I'm, I would. I think it would be cool to hit some of those old jazz clubs in Europe, right. and and like here's some straight up like gypsy jazz where it came. Oh from. yeah, like Django Reinhardt and Stefan. Um, Folly. Oh, never mind. See, I'm going to start flubbing my names here. Yeah. But that scene, you know, like in the 20s when things were just like wide open, there was more freedom. Oh, yeah. And definitely. people were just going there and creating and doing amazing things. Like that That holds a place for me. I think it would be cool to experience something like that for sure. I would have to say, um, that what's that door show? I think it was in Texas that they played and uh, they had the wall of cops in front of them and things got crazy and he got maced. Jim Morrison got made. Oh, that was like New Haven, Connecticut. Yeah, that Connecticut? was New Haven. Why was that thing in Texas? Well, yeah, that was New well, Haven. New Haven. Okay. Yeah, yeah you know, Connecticut, yeah, Texas, same up. difference. I mean, that cop, that cop got him. Yeah. And uh, yeah. he's like, hey. Was him. Right, I was here right, backstage. Right. Right. That'd be a show to like open for. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Which is interesting because, you know, you've got a guitar player, you've got a key player, and you've got a drummer. Now you just need the crooner. Like Jim Morrison, not Higgins, um, to uh, to come in and and do some, you know, some awesome vocals. You pretty much got a Doors lineup. That's very true. You know, kind of turned out that way. Ray Manzarek turned out that way. Ray Manzarek was always like, "We didn't need a bass player because it's right here," and he would be like talking about his left hand, and he's like yeah. playing playing the dual stack, you know, on yeah. the the Hammond organ and stuff. That's right. Yeah, that's awesome very stuff. True. Counterpoint skills, man. All the skills on the counterpoint, you know. So we've cool. got New Haven Doors. We've got the 20s and 30s jazz clubs of, of like, Europe and stuff. And, Jim, what about you? Uh, I could picture, what, Iron Maiden in Long Beach. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. That is. That's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Nice. So, you know, before we get into your performance, you, you do have a track, and I'm going to play something from the concert view, but I do have one final question. Well, two final questions, actually. Uh, the first is, What's your favorite film? Hmm. And that's for Ed out there. If Ed is listening, I know he's visiting a friend, but, you know. Man, these He, days, he always gosh. likes me asking that question for people. And of all, all time, time, everything. If, <sighs> what film you, can you go back to that you watch all the time? Like, I have to watch Apocalypse Now once a year. And it's, it's probably, I don't know how healthy that is. <laughs> but, <laughs> it probably fuels your music. <laughs> uh, maybe so, right? I don't know, man. That's a tough question. Do you, do you watch Apocalypse Now or do you watch like the Redux version? Like the big expanded, like extra hour edition? Definitely the really long one. Okay. With the French plantation and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I absolutely I'll take as love, much as I can get. you know, I love the beginning of that. Yeah. You know, and Coppola, when, when he directed it, said he's like, I always wanted to start a movie with the song The End. He's like, because it's the beginning, but it's the end. Yeah. You know, and just like the. Right. The helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. Was it Charlie Sheen, right? I mean, like, Martin Sheen. Martin, Martin Sheen, Sheen, dad. The, the father, dad, yeah. The father. Like, he was, uh, he was Dadish wasted. Fazer. Fazer, dad. Dadish father. Dadish father. Yeah. The father. <laughs> no, he was, he was wasted, right? And so, yeah. um, I think Coppola was, like, keying him up in a motel room. <laughs> he's so it's real. Like, <laughs> punching glass and losing his mind, and it's... I guess that's art. And uh, I suppose that's art, right? Was it uh, was it Lawrence Fishburne who was like fifteen at the time? Yeah, as a they, kid. Yeah, and that was like a ridiculous. If you ever watched the the behind the scenes, it's crazy because it took like five years to film. Yeah. It was from like seventy five to seventy nine. Yeah. It was crazy. Martin had a heart attack and everything. Yeah, 
And there, and like Lawrence Fishburne was like fifteen, and then he was like twenty at the time when it came out, and he was like, and he looked com- like a complete adult and everything. And it's like yeah, that's uh, crazy. It's like that's not the same guy, <laughs> Jim. I know you're a big horror fan. Uh, yeah, I would have to say Zom- I, I Zombie Two. No, Italian <laughs> gore. I mean, yeah, Something but, from Dario Argento. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always go back to those films like Cannibal that. Holocaust. They're beautiful. Fulci and They're you know really stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I is it is it them. is it actually Zombie Two because it takes place in Louisville, Kentucky? <laughs> I don't know about that, Mark. I don't know. No, it does though because one of them does. I think it's Zombie Two. two yeah. yeah. Which is actually, it's okay. a big chronological craziness because it's actually the third one or something. It's the yeah. one with the eyeball, right? Yes. Something bad happens to the eyeball. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm straight. Yeah. It's got a shark in it. <laughs> he, I put him on the spot. Now he's he's racing through. It's like no, the stop. it's like the album question. I just man, I, I just have no. I don't nothing in particular. I just don't have. I, I like it. You know, I got too much to. Right. Know, I mean, a lot of a lot of it ties. You know. Right, right. Like the CDs, you have stacks of movies. So oh, many yeah. movies. Absolutely. Hey, Collector. you know, that's good stuff, you know, because everything's going digital. We need people like Jim out there to collect that stuff and keep keep it for posterity's sake. Yeah. Because really? I'm that way, too. You know, I, you know, I'm a, not necessarily a pack rat when it comes to stuff like that, but it's like a friend of mine, I've never seen the film. He bought two copies of it on accident, and he's like, here, do you want this? It's like trick or treat from like... 2011 or something or whatever With it is. Gene Simmons and Ozzy. Is that what it is? Yeah. Isn't that the one, like the heavy metal demon no, or something? That state. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. This one's like, this one has like, he looks like a little, uh, like a little scarecrow. He's got like a burlap mask. Uh, no idea. And like, yeah. but he looks like a gingerbread man. It's crazy. Sounds wicked. Yeah, I've never seen it. What do you got, Jared? Man, I've been thinking about it. Uh, Pulp Fiction. No. No. That's a good movie. You know, so many people say that, actually. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's still a good movie. Uh, it is. If I had to pick something, like, I think of it like, what could I sit down and watch if I had to watch it once a day for the rest of my life? The Little Mermaid. Well, <laughs> that's not a bad option, I guess. I don't know. I um, lovely. I'd say Clerks too. Really? Yeah. Over the first one. I like the first one. Don't get me wrong. I like all of them. But uh, there's something about Clerks too. a sense of... Um, Conclusion, I guess, a little bit. Like Which they kind of you know they're making a three. The yes, and I'm excited about that. <laughs> My favorite scene in that uh, is like where they're in front of the uh, the drive through, where you know when you go to the drive through, you got the speaker. So they're bickering back and forth about, and it's where uh, Dante goes to punch Randall. Yeah, yeah, and he goes. You swung at me. He's like, you ducked because you swung, you swung at me. me. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And the funny thing is, it's like, but they're in front of a microphone, so they everybody can hear it in the store. You know, so it's, it's like not a secret, right? So it's it's total good stuff. Or the other one line would be like, Kelly can be a guy's name too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I'm going to check in here with. Uh, oh, sorry. One last question here. How do people reach you? How do people book a Locust Tide to come on their other shows, you know, like 21st Amendment Tavern coming up, stuff like that? How do people get a hold of you guys to book shows? Well, so we got a Facebook page, uh, A Locust Tide. If you type that in, it should pop right up. And that is Locust, L-O-C-U-S. No yes. T. It is. No yeah. T. It's yes. not yes. Locust. 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 Yeah. Yes. 
Because I was confused about that at first. We and, get and, that and, sometimes. Right. It's this uh, southern accent. Right. It's the area. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, man. It's a locust tide. So uh, a locust tide on yes. Facebook. Mm-hmm. You can search there. You can get a hold. You can you can message. You can say, hey, when are you guys going to put out your album, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to check in with the concert view here, and I'm going to play a track from you guys, which is going to be called Solace of the Hour. And that's going to have the... Lovely Miss Ashley Vega on vocals. Yes. Much props to her on that. Indeed. Absolutely. We, we She's wish. actually watching right now. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Ash. Hi, Ashley. Hey. And <laughs> we're getting a lot of uh, a lot of questions on there. Uh, we got a hell yeah, Jim. And Todd totally rocks from Ashley on here. Oh, so Nice. Absolutely. So let's check in with Concert View. And when we come back from the track, we're going to have Locust Tide live. Time for the WCHQ Concert View, a service of WCHQ 100.9 FM and Hadley Pottery, 1570 Story Avenue, American-made and locally-made since 1940. Everyday dishes, wedding presents, baby dishes, and pet dishes. Hadley Pottery, open weekdays 9 to 5 and Saturdays 9 to 3. All right, this is your WCHQ Concert View for Thursday, October 17th. Hi, Matt. Let's take a look at what's shaking and baking in the live area this evening. All right, starting up here in St. Matthews, Jossie Lauren is performing tonight over at Gersel's Place. Maloda and Ona are over at the Zanzibar in Germantown starting tonight at 8 o'clock. Colton Kies is at Merle's Whiskey Kitchen. A.J. Clements is at Goodwood Brewing tonight starting at 8 o'clock. Joe Robinson is live at Derby City Pizza Company and PRP starting tonight at 6 o'clock. Rob Moppin Jr. is at Diamond Street Grub and Hops starting tonight at 9 o'clock. Tommy and Jeff are live at Levy at the River House starting tonight at 7 o'clock. Best Street Talk Band are live at Jimmy Can't Dance starting later on tonight at 9 o'clock over at Stevie Ray's Blues Bar. It is the Thursday night throwdown kicking off tonight starting at 9 o'clock. Alan Bryant, Deshaun McLean, Some Swords, and Fall are all over at the Butchertown Social starting tonight at 8 o'clock. George Stearman is live at Stooges Bar and Grill starting tonight at 7 o'clock. Cassidy Pope is live at 4th Street Live in downtown Louisville starting tonight at 8 o'clock. Hazelfire, Soiree, and Anyone Anyway are at the Mag Bar starting tonight at 8 o'clock. Jedina is on the 85 to Africa Tour at the Mercury Ballroom in downtown Louisville tonight starting at 8 o'clock. And finally, the big event of the night... Carrie Underwood is on the Crying Pretty Tour at the KFC Yum Center in downtown Louisville starting tonight at 7 o'clock. This has been your WCHQ Contribute. If you've got a gig you'd like to let us know about, head over to WCHQFM.com and hit the icon at the top of the screen that says, List Your Gig.
All right, that was Locust Tide, and here they are, ladies and gentlemen. Guys, are you ready? We're getting there. You're getting there.
All right, guys. Heck yeah. You got some more time, Mark? Woo! Hey, put that microphone on. Hello. Yeah. Hello, Mark. Dude. Good evening. Oh, my gosh. That is absolutely crazy. Thank you, man. So, again, do you have any last shout-outs for anybody, and how do people get a hold of you guys? Well, get a hold of us on the Facebook page, A Locust Tide. Big shout-outs to my friend Craig Wright right now. Um, He's in the hospital. He's gotten a surgery, um, an abscess in his neck. He's a wonderful guy. He's in a band called uh, Ravenhide. And uh, he's helping us out with some of the vocals on the album. And another great big shout-out to the wonderful and talented Ashley Vega. She's working with the Va Va Vixens. Yeah, yeah. She's working with uh, Jerry Barstell with his uh, Third Promise of the Plague album. Yeah. And um, doing a a television show, right, with Sean? Yeah, I believe it's Ville TV with Sean Burton Saunders. That's the one. I had that written down, but I don't have my notes. Yeah, he should, that's uh, it. he should probably be coming in the studio here before too long and talking about some cross-promotion with Ville TV and the Metal Forge. Word. So, again, uh, you can find these guys on Facebook at A Locust Tide. And I'm sure if they have a Twitter, it's all the same stuff, right? We're getting there. <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. All right, so I'm going to play a couple of songs here, and we're going to come back with the great Adam Neal from Savage Master. All right, Uh, you might recognize this song. I don't know. This is Usurper by Overload.
right. That was Myth Magic Steel. Whoa, hang on. <laughs> Oops, it went right to the next track. That's Myth Magic Steel from the new titled album of Myth Magic Steel from Savage Master. And I have Mr. Adam Neal in the studio. Adam, how are you today? I'm doing all right. How you doing? I am I'm feeling pretty damn good because I've got this awesome new uh, CD copy of uh, Savage Master album in my hand. There you go. That'll cheer anybody up. Absolutely. <laughs> Hang on a second. I'm being unprofessional. I'm switching to camera feed. Ah. Ugh. So how was your day, man? It you was do, good. So you, you're getting ready to put out a new album. Got a new it one comes coming out October 25th. October 25th. Shadow for, Kingdom Records. That's exactly what I was about to just say. He took, right. the, he took the words right out. Oh, wait. Yeah, October wait. 25th got a new one coming out. Very excited about it. Uh, pull the mic up just a little bit. <laughs> if it'll work. Is that a little better? <laughs> yes, that's All a lot right. better. Now we can hear you. All right. So this one is, uh, what, two years in the making? About two years in the making. Um, we done a, We did an EP right before this, and I had a little bit of this material then. So it's a good. It's a good two years yet. Right. So because uh, with Whips and Chains was 2017. That's right. And you had Creature of the Flames, which was 2018. Is that right? Maybe Chains oh. was 16. I'm not sure. Because I know the first one, uh, Mask of the Devil, was 14. Yes. So yeah. So you time between about those. a about a two year gap between each thing then. About that. Yeah. About a little longer on this one maybe. You're, right. You you might be. Right. But you all have done a massive amount of touring in that amount of time, too. It's on a tour, and we, we try to tour as much as we can um, just to get out and see the fans play in front of the fans. Absolutely. That's, that's and, and, I mean, you all pick, like, awesome, like, tours to go on because it's well, like, well, what I'm saying is, like, you pick, like, a, a, a big West Coast swing, and you'll hit, like, Seattle, Portland, L, like, five or six places around the L.A. area. Sure. You, you do what you can. Each Each one's different, and... Some some things you get offered better better shots, and sometimes you don't. But you, those are kind of like hot markets that you just have to hit. For a metal band, Seattle, we're going to hit Seattle. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Because it's Portland, we're going to hit Portland for sure. Oh know? yeah, because <laughs> it, it works out each yeah, time. Definitely. And you you know you're going to hit places like Houston and Dallas, and of course because Texas is a gold mine for sure. Oh, absolutely, it's a, it's a metal state. That very San know? Antonio man. Oh yeah, San Antonio. San Antonio, nice. You know Austin. You know, oh, yeah, Austin's Austin's awesome because it's like Nashville to the, and it's like Nashville meets L.A. They, True, it's I like you've got just as much country people, like country music fans, and then you've got so much like L.A. metal fans, and like Austin is like the mix of that. Yeah, I guess especially that. like it, on Sixth Street, just music there in general is just such a part of the city's culture that, uh, you know, you get everything there. Oh yeah, it's a great melting pot. But also, I think it's kind of like I don't live there, but. I think it's probably um, kind of overdone, too, though, at this point. Austin's so hot that you can play there, and maybe you won't have a good show because there's just so, so many much damn stuff. things going on. Right. You know, and that's one of the big things that I've noticed here. You know, we have so much stuff going on. For a small town, we have a lot of stuff happening. Right. And, you know, we play the concert view on you know, on the half an hour of, of every hour on the station up until, like, 10 o'clock. And, you know, Mondays and Tuesdays, it might be – a minute, minute and a half, but like by the time Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday roll around, it's like six minutes long right. because it's all shows going on in 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 Louisville, you know, and that's that's a big deal, you know, because I know you all pretty well limit how many Louisville dates you do. Like you all just played with uh, Sacred Reich at the Tiger right. Room back in September. Well, and before that, it, it was probably 
it was a good year for something before that. Uh, we do limit it to a certain extent, but it's not necessarily on purpose. Um, a lot of it has to do with our lineup. Um, two of our guys are from um, Mississippi, New Orleans area. Oh, yeah. And um, then so the it's got to be worth it. Here, so it's kind of like we can't just jump on local bills right. like a normal local band would. Right. So it kind of has to be planned out. And that just ends up being uh, certain shows we have to just kind of handpick. Right, absolutely. I totally I wish we could play here more, actually. But I totally get that. You know, it's 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 all good stuff. So, to, because I've never done this as a musician, so tell me what it's like to do like, you know, the European tour stuff. <laughs> I mean, because you know, well, I mean, there's a lot of musicians here that are be that are like, you know, what I'd probably go over better in somewhere like Germany. Well, that's. Probably true. I mean, you know, because <laughs> they're a big metal. I was just having country. a discussion with a friend of mine about Germany and how Germany not only is it metal is huge there, but just music in general is very important in Germany. Like Germans love music, right? And so all genres benefit from that through Germany. You know, absolutely. Uh, but metal, of course, it's known to be big there. It's a metal country. It's German metal. You know, yeah. But uh, how? What's it like touring there? Well, it's just a. Um, it's a different kind of head altogether because the way they treat the bands is quite different. Uh, the road gigs are set up a little more reasonable to, and amicably for the bands to survive. That's a little bit better. They feed you, things like this. Right. So this is on the lower level of things. Uh, there's often places for you to stay, which in the States, you know, you're just on your own. It's right. Just, it's, it's barren whatever. wasteland. They may not even pay you at the gig. You don't even know what's going to happen. <laughs> right. So, Been there, uh, done that. That's definitely a bigger... <laughs> A bigger difference. There's a lot of um, a lot of trouble to going over there and coming back. You know, like passport your, issues, your passports, your shirts, your equipment, the vehicle you're in. It goes on and on. It's a big to do, you know. Uh, but also, the crowds are a lot more receptive, and it seems like um, not to say that metal completely died here in the states, but I think it certainly lived on much stronger uh, on your overseas. Economy. Yes, yeah. absolutely. absolutely, and. And I'm sure that's a big factor with not just on the European side of everything, but the Asian side, especially like with Japan and stuff like now. I'm sure, yeah. I would yeah. love for us to make it to Japan. Any any Asian countries, I would just... Oh, in, yeah. In fact, anywhere we can play, I would like to play. They right. Would play it. Anywhere. I would love it, you know. Um, Dude, that's awesome. I mean, because you all have been on a few festival shows overseas and like sure. Keep It True. We got very lucky and got on Keep It True. Thank you very much, Oliver, if you're, Oliver, if you're listening. Um that was a big break for us, and it was really just an incredible thing to get. Number one, to even get to go to the festival was quite awesome. I'd seen the festival, knew what it was, and was always kind of in awe of the bands that he was able to get to play, the older bands. Right, because um, wasn't Kira Thungle on one of them? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just a who's who list of from obscure heavy metal from the 80s to even uh, higher tier bands that you just can't even believe you're going to get to see. Um, and he did a lot of that and brought those. So when we got the ability to go play that, I thought, well, that's just incredible. It was just like a great vote of confidence for the band. And I think really pushed us to, to work even harder. Absolutely. Once that happened, you know? Because you all, you all are, you know, like I said, with all the tours that you do and everything, you guys are some working fools when it comes down to it, <laughs> you know, because you're about to go out on tour again. That's what's right. like, what, like how many dates is it? Um, I think it's 15, 15 or 16 dates. It's uh, October 25th through November 10th. And um, that'll be like Texas and West Coast stuff. Right. Um, and then we'll turn right back around in December and we'll go out with Guar for a week or so in the end of December. 
Wow. And so that's that. We're lo- really looking forward to that one. That's yeah, nice I've one. noticed your posting on Facebook. You're like, I'm really stoked about oh, this. It's and great. It, it, it's fantastic. Because, you know, you know it, regardless if Dave is there or not, they're living on, which is what Dave wanted. Well, but absolutely. It, I think and it's still Guar. It, it's totally still Guar. Uh, I think they're like an institution, sort of. Um, whereas. You know, I got into them when I was younger on uh, during like Hello Scum Dogs era. Oh yes. So to me, that's Guar. Yes. And, but then each generation of kids that have come along have discovered Guar and gone and seen them. Like with Ragnarok. Yeah. Or... And each album, that, these all mean different things to different people, and it spans such a swath of age and and demographic that the band has touched. That I don't think I don't think that unless they wanted to lay it down, I don't see any reason that they would or should. Stop doing guar. Exactly. You know. Which is, you know, I watched an interview with Dave one time, and he had actually said the reason why the characters were there was so it didn't have to ever end. Right. Because they could, you know, they could pass along characters to their children, to their uh, their uh, mentees and stuff sure, like that. Absolutely. Like somebody came down. And, and that's pretty much what's happened. Right. You know? Because, you know. We've had a member of Guar that's come from Louisville. Absolutely. You know, Jamie James, Land out there. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and it's one of those things that's just like, wow, you know, that this guy could do this too. You know, I could I know, do this. I know, right. You know? It's pretty cool. Uh, that, Frankly, that was one of the parts of our thinking when we did, uh, when we brought Savage Master out as a costumed, uh, you know, under the hoods and all this stuff. And one of the things was like, well, we could pretty much do this with anybody as long as they can play the songs, and no one it won't make a difference who's there who's there right I could not be there, and it wouldn't really make a difference as long as the songs are played as long as Stacy's there singing the song right because obviously because the guys behind her it's 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 going to be fine you know that's great yeah and, and I mean it's one of those things that just keeps yeah keeps just going like, hey, I mean I started the band and to me that I'm fine with that I was like great keep going with this far take it as far as you can t- possibly take, take it you right. know what I mean like why not <laughs> yeah. hey I mean that's that's a good concept to have you know yeah. and I mean, me being the only original member of my band <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> I know how it is well same in my old band uh, like uh, 35 36 members or something oh like my that. god Over you all have a years. what is hilarious about that is the Wikipedia page oh that god. lists so many people it's it's so spinal tap it's oh, beyond Spinal Tap, Which, actually. you know, you get this. A lot of the younger bands that come on the show that I ask, they never get it. And I and you're a perfect person to ask. Oh, boy. What is your biggest Spinal Tap moment as a musician? Oh, my God. Biggest Spinal Tap The, the one that means the most to you. Well, that at this point, it would be hard. I mean... Because there's been so many, I'm sure. From, from falling off stages... <laughs> You know, which in, in my old band, Hookers, I, I drank a lot. And so that actually did happen to me several times. I fell off the stage. Oh, my God. I, I managed to fall off a two-inch stage at one point, which <laughs> is just kind of unimaginable. But, but in Savage Master, every day of our lives is some kind of spinal tap moment because <laughs> of just the game that we're playing with all this, this ridiculous shit stuff Whoa. on. Stuff on. Sorry. And, um, uh, all this ridiculous stuff on. And we have to... Stage all of our stuff, then go quickly dress and get back out there. And it's it's always that kind of like, 
endless spot. Somebody can't find this. You can't find the stage. I can't see what I'm doing. Right. Because, we're dressing in a tiny closet that we're all stuffed into. You, you, right. You never because, know. We're dressing in the van in 110 degree weather and going into the air or conditioning club. 20 it's degree just, weather. Or whatever it is. Right. Or 20 degree weather. It's snowing outside and we're dressing outside. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. Every single day of the Savage Master Life has some spot on the Something, something to do with it. Slit, you know, I remember one. It was actually after a show. I was carrying a bass amp down the steps at Tech World in the back. And and it was January. Right. And as soon as my feet touched the ground where at after walking down the steps, they went out from under me and was like bam. Oh. Ba- a hundred pound bass amp in my arms. I was just like, Well, if I'm dying, this is it. Clen- clench the amp. And just go with it. One of those moments you're really glad you're in a band. Just so, oh yeah, so stoked like, on it. And and you know what? It was a show. It was a cover band battle, like a battle oh, of the cover songs. So you didn't get paid for it. Nobody so got paid. Nobody got. And paid. you only did covers. And you only did like three covers. <laughs> they had like seventeen bands. Zero glory. Nothing. Tornicade won that. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so Terry out there won that. <laughs> oh wow, it's good stuff though. I love it. I wouldn't. Good I wouldn't. To Terry. Uh, Huh? Kudos, Kudos to, to Terry. Terry. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I wouldn't trade anything like that. You know, uh, I love stepping on like uh, extension cords on oh, on God. stage because when you step and they slide and and you do the splits. Oh yeah, yeah. I've done that numerous times. I've definitely been on some slick stages. Um, speaking to keep it true, it was like that thing was buttered, man. Oh wow! Like um, a good friend of mine, King King Foley, he was telling me that when they played it. It was the same. He played there, I believe, with October 31 was what the band he was in that played it. He said he was literally just slipping and sliding across like he was on so- had socks on or something. Oh, man. Like uh, um, the Tom Cruise thing or whatever. Oh, like Risky Business? <laughs> yeah, Risky Business. <laughs> uh, and so I didn't really pay much attention to it. When we got there, it was like buttered ice. I couldn't believe it. And it's a huge stage, so you have to move around. And you play in boots, too. Oh, we're playing in these ridiculous tall boots, and you just... But not like Kiss tall boots. Not yet. <laughs> not yet? Yet? <laughs> Maybe one day. That's hilarious. As soon as I can afford those boots, we're getting them. And obviously, that's a band that's, you know, that's uh, stayed young over the years. Kiss? Except, you know, because of the makeup, you know. Sure. I, I mean, mean, I think that's... Because Ace probably, looks great these days. That's honestly probably the, the entire concept idea comes from that band in a lot of ways i mean i realize there's tons of concept artists before that like right in costume and stuff but frankly for me as a kid kiss was probably definitely the seed of that right like, oh well wear costumes be a character you know do do that kind of thing i know guar that was a big same thing i'm sure for dave was probably kiss fandom somewhere oh absolutely i don't know that for sure but i'm sure but probably. with the looking at the like the get up of yeah. the body and the way, suit and their whole concept of always continuing the band regardless and changing changing adding new characters yeah you know not just the original you know well i feel like gene i feel like gene is said and I, I may be wrong here but i feel like gene said something to the to the degree of that they would even replace him and him and Paul at some point, they could do that and just have a completely different cast of characters play the Kiss songs as Kiss. I mean, that sounds absurd, but I don't think it's that crazy either. No, I mean, especially, you know, you know now that they're 70 Exactly. Like, at some point, like it's that. ridiculous, but also we'll always probably want to hear Kiss. So. Right. And, you know, <laughs> I actually got to see them for the first time on this 
like goodbye tour. Oh, really? Yes, I've never I'd never seen them before I heard this good year. Things about this last tour, it was really good. You know, it was total classic. You know, the same eighteen Kiss songs that they that they played for the last twenty years. Of course, um, they did play Psycho Circus, which was interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, it's one of their albums. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, I remember being <laughs> they did release that. I remember like uh, calling up Tony Vanetti one yeah. day, and I'm like, "Hey, dude, do you got anything you can give away?" I was like. 13 or 14 at the time. Oh man. And he's like, yeah, come down to the station, blah, blah, blah. I'll have this for you. And I was, and it was the psycho circus, like promo copy. (laughs) And I was like, dude, it's, it's kisses new albums. And it's like, what? Oh man. (laughs) There's like two good songs. Like two. That's almost pushing it. But I, I I can, I can go down that with you. Definitely. Within the, the gene song within is a good song, but like, I can't name but the other one to save my life. At the same time, I got to admit, I didn't expect it to be like that great either. Oh, no. Like, it couldn't you know, be Revenge. No. No. And, you know, Revenge is amazing. You know, uh, Hot in the Shade is pretty good. See, I feel like that's that was probably where I fell out of tune with them a bit was the Hot, hot in the Shade. I didn't, just didn't really like it at the time. Right. And I think I was like into heavier stuff and stopped paying attention to Kiss for a little while at that right. point probably. And then started going back to it. You know, there's five a, years later. Probably there's a bartender at Twenty First Amendment Tavern that looks like ninety five Gene, like oh, wow. where he's got like the goatee, the goatee. And, and like the little scruff mustache. And I was like, <laughs> dude. And I told him, I was like, dude, you look like Gene, like unmasked Gene, eighties Gene, scary like 95, Gene, scary Gene. Yeah. And he's like. I'll take that. That's not so bad. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to look creepy, you look like Gene. Cool. Yeah, because it works, you know. <laughs> but look who he's married to. So, yeah. well, so that, that just goes to say. So, October 25th. Yeah. You you can pick up the new album. You yeah. can get CD, it. CD, cassette, LP. Yeah, CD, <laughs> cassette, LP. Uh, if you go online to uh, shadowkingdomrecords.com, you can pre order it. Absolutely. You can also pre order it from Savage Masters Bandcamp if you'd like. Yes. Directly from us if you'd digital like. And, um, digital and physical copies. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I see the cassettes. I see everything here. Uh, cassettes look like they're limited to 300. That's right. Uh, the there way. is a gold edition limited to 100 copies. Looks like Electric Blue. Uh, which is a high roller records exclusive and the uh the gold is uh no remorse records exclusive so there you, go. you can follow the links on there and and get those of course there's a limited 500 black that's right copy, which is interesting these days cuz everybody's printing on colors the black is now the odd the, man out you know yeah. it's the rarity which is kind of cool yeah absolutely uh i still like the uh the uh uh black hooves Oh yeah, you like that one. Huh? Yeah, because it's like it's like the beer yellow yeah. or or what some people refer to as pea yellow. Yeah, oh yeah, I've heard the pea yellow. Yeah. Sure. Uh, pea is in another word. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, that I can't Completely. say because that's one of the no-nos. Um but yeah, I'm really digging this Dragon's Breath. Oh, the I think the it's orange and yellow and the uh, red. In real life, the records look just so fantastic. Oh, yeah. The actual vinyls look really beautiful. Absolutely. It's and great. like I said, I, I, I'm I the fanboy here, and I actually pre-ordered the limited to 100 gold. And it's I, it's coming next, like in the next two weeks from like Germany. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't yeah, wait. you got to send me a picture of that. Oh, That's absolutely. See, it, bro. see, and the bad thing is, is like <laughs> I want to listen to it so bad. Yeah. And I know music is made to be listened to and collected. And I'm, I've got to, you know... I've got a, like a limited edition Phantasm soundtrack. Oh, nice! That's like blood splatter on yellow vinyl. Gorgeous. 
Yeah, it really is. And what it's clear movie. yellow vinyl. It's translucent. Ooh, nice. And, and like, I had to take it out and look at it and like, oh. Sure. Yeah. It's fantastic. They actually had, yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's phantasm. It's got it a, Malcolm uh, Seagrave and Fred, Fred Myro's soundtrack to the greatest you, movie alive. Something I wish they'd bring back. Speaking of just vinyl and all the different colors and how blacks, you know, right. the rarity now or whatever. But I really wish they'd bring back the picture disc. Oh, because yeah. you just rarely see picture discs anymore of any bands. Every once in a while, Psycho bands Stick had one. Yeah, here like, recently, it's always like certain upper level, major label money type bands or right. something like that. I don't People know. like Maiden have yeah, them, yeah. and but so on and so forth. Back in the day, there were all kinds of like. Remember all those bootleg picture discs, yeah. and interview discs, and just garbage pressed onto records. You know? What I think they all sounded terrible. Yeah, it was great because of the picture on there. <laughs> yeah. They're all like, total crap records. I yeah. loved it. What, do you remember, like, there was a craze in, like, the mid to late 90s of die-cut CDs? Die like, cuts. interview discs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do and they would, it would be like a 20-minute like a disc, but it would be, like, a cutout of, like, the band's logo or something. It's, right. like, die-cut. Those are great. And you couldn't ever, you could never play them on, like, a car stereo. Of course not. Because, it had to be the one with the tray and all yeah, that Yeah, it had stuff. to yeah. be a tray and... Yeah. yeah, it's such a terrible design. It's I think like I saw the, an Aerosmith when that was. The classic, those old flexi discs that would come with magazines and stuff like that. Angel Witch. Play them a couple times, they would, they would wear through. Yep. I remember my needle sticking on one and just going around <laughs> flat off there. I have, a, I have one of those oh, still really? in my collection, and I, th- I can't remember who it is. It's got I, a handful of flexis. Really? Yeah. You know, uh, on the European copies, I think it you know, we were talking about Decibel Magazine on Facebook the other day. Yeah, I believe they've, they've had Flexies for sure. Yeah, and they had an Angel Witch one. Oh, wow. Which is from their new album that they're coming that's out right, with. That's right, they've got the new... That song was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I love the band. I, I mean, like, oh, I would, I would love for them or we somebody like them. Really? Maybe. Three or four years ago, we played this festival in Canada called Wings of Metal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That a friend of ours, Anik, puts on or works on. And um, they headlined it, and man, they were incredible. I guarantee it. It, it was really incredible. I mean, like, we see a lot of older bands come back and do it, especially in Savage Master, because it's kind of an older school metal thing. So we play with a lot of older bands. And, you know, they bring it back to a certain degree. Some are great, some are just okay. Uh, but man, they sound sounded dead on the records. His voice still sounds so great. Wow. And the guitars were perfect. You know, we actually have a um, a band here in Louisville called Blood Curse. Oh, yeah, Blood Curse. And they do a cover of Angel That's Witch, right. And um, it's so good. Fantastic and, band. And it's like, in I think in the original promo, it was just the two of them doing yeah, it. Yeah, they have a bass player that I think, um, I, I don't know if he's a full part of the band or not. I see him in some of the photos now. Right. But originally, I think it was just him and her. Yeah. It, yeah. And I think it was just him yeah. and her that put that out. Probably they so. just put out a new single. So it's pretty good. Uh, we had we had them on a show with us in Lexington a couple of years ago. I thought they were great. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's just great old school stuff. And they're yeah. such dedicated and metal fans. And and she did that great th- fanzine. I just, I just, I'm just overall fans of those two. Right. Good Absolutely. Fans. It's good stuff. You know, the, um, what else y'all got going on other than the the tour and you got the Guar thing, you know? Yeah, we got a, that. You, you probably got a lot of irons in the fire next for year, next year. A bunch of stuff I can't even throw out there, right. but our year will be legal obligations full, <laughs> full as as possible with the touring. I know we'll do another European jaunt next year in the fall with High Spirits. Nice late summer fall. You all and, seem to to buddy up a lot on the road. It seems like well. 
it all comes down to really that me and Chris, Chris Maycock or Professor Black, main high spirits human, mm-hmm. um, he, me and him met in the very early 2000s um, with our other bands. I was in a band called Brothers of Conquest at the time, um, a Louisville band, right. with some Louisville alumni. And uh, he had a band called Super Christ. This is well before Savage Master or High Spirits or any of that kind of right. stuff was even thought of. And um, we met playing shows, and they do kind of a Motorhead-style stuff, and we were doing kind of like early metal 70s rock type stuff. Right on. So we immediately started talking about new wave of British heavy metal, 70s heavy stuff, stuff like that. And we, we hit it off a pretty good friendship and have remained pretty good friends since then. So as both of our well, high spirits, when they started popping off, uh, they would play with hookers a little bit. Sometimes we played some shows. And then they got bigger and bigger. Right. You know, and then I had Savage Master. And then slowly Savage Master climbed up a little bit more. And then we started playing shows together cause, just because we're friends. Right. And then, then it started making sense that we played shows together, you know, because the audience was so the same kind of. Right. Know? So they why certain, not? They get a certain kind of people. We get a certain type of people. To, but in the middle, there's this huge amount of people that like us both. And so it's just obvious that we would do it. I would tour with them anytime I could. I love those guys. Amazing people. And that's great camaraderie to have with, and, and with bands, and you know. Frankly, Chris is a genius. <laughs> frankly. I mean, I'll just say it. I think the guy's a genius. It's crazy. His ability to write those songs is just... Is it, is it, genius, is it like genius level, like to where you would, you would love to be in a band with him and, and write and play or have been and... Um, I would, or have I would done love stuff. to do anything with Chris ever. I know that he, we've talked about me singing on something he wrote before. Um, and same with Stacy. I think she's done it even. I'm not sure if she finished cool. it. But, um, but yeah, I would love to work with Chris. But the thing is with Chris is for the most part, he's like a self-contained artist. I mean, he does that stuff by himself. Oh, wow. The, the high spirit stuff is just him on the records. Oh, wow. Right. Uh, so all that is just him. And then the band learns to play it. For the for the tour, you know, it's kind of like an Adam Jones thing. I can see that, yeah, because Adam Jones kind of does that with Tool, and it just works, yeah. you know, like and it's worked out. So he's so contained. I don't know if he'd ever actually let me uh, write, <laughs> write anything with him, right? But, but I could probably perform something on something for him. But I do think he's a genius. Uh, that that album, Another Night in the City, you'd be hard pressed to find a catchier song written in the last <laughs> ten to fifteen years right. than that song. I mean, that's that's a revelation. How good that is. I wish they were local, actually. I do, too. I wish they toured more. Well, I I wish they were local so I could play them on the station because we are an all-local station. Uh, Yeah. And, I mean, uh, what, Chicago? Chicago, yeah. Yeah, Not quite close enough. Not quite close (laughs) enough. If they were around Columbus and possibly pushing Indy, maybe I could do something. Right. but yeah, I wish we could play some some high spirits and stuff sure. like that. And you know, there's, uh, I mean, y'all have had like your own seven inch vinyls and stuff like that, and you've had splits that you've done, uh, like with the rawhide split. Oh yeah, that was good. Uh, that was great. Good stuff on that. Um, or was that was that Savage Man? No, it's that was hookers. hookers. That was hookers. Yeah. Oh, see, I'm mixing the two now. But it's kind of confusing because Savage Master has played with rawhide and. So it kind of mixes right. both worlds up, you know. Another <laughs> right. great rock and roll band, though. Right? Oh, that's great. Absolutely. Um, so, with what you've done musically between, for your entire life, and I don't know if you've if you heard this question earlier, if you were listening in or anything, you know, what's your biggest achievement? 
my biggest achievement? Mm-hmm. Um, probably just survival. <laughs> that I'm well, still here doing it and that I, I'm not going to stop doing it. I do consider myself a lifer in that, that degree. Like I, I've known plenty of people over the years who've tried their hand at this and failed and failed harshly and gave up and, right. you know, but not that I haven't failed. I've certainly fa- failed a lot and harshly, but uh, I'm still here. I'm still perseverance, and I'm not going to give it up. But otherwise, I think just in general, Savage Master is my biggest achievement. Um, just the whole thing conceptually, I've never, I'm really happy with it. And then the writing, I've never felt happier about the material I've written than in the Savage Master realm of things. Like uh, that's the most inspiration I have to write music, and um, I feel like I've written my best stuff within that band. Nice. I, I don't know if the fans would necessarily agree with that, but uh, to me, that's it. The things we've ma- been able to do, how far we've taken the band, it, it's really meant a lot. You know? Right. And it, and I know it kind of seems like overnight almost. Right, because but I mean, we're happening six years into it. Right, yeah, know? but you're six years in, and yeah. it seems like it's... You know, time flies as yeah. you know, as it were, because like um, I remember put when y'all put out the first album. Yeah. And it's just like I've got to get you know, I saw the you know, the 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 image of the album art and y'all did, you know, the the song on YouTube with yeah. Ripper and Black and I was like, I've gotta have this. And it's like I I was like, dude, meet up with me and, yeah, and I met up with cool. you at work. And you know, and then and then it's been like a wildfire ever since. And that's, that's totally awesome. It's definitely continued. But my, but the other part of that question is, uh, what's your goal to surpass that? Surpass that? Well, I like think, world tour with maiden. I mean, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I was going to say Metallica, seems, but that's you sometimes know. <laughs> there seems to in under, in the underground music scene, there seems to be a certain cap on how far you're supposed to dream or look ahead of yourself or how much success you're supposed to want or something, because it's all still underground music and you can't go, you know, messing people over and that kind of stuff. I don't ever believe in that. No, always cool. And always a good vibe. But, um, I mean, I want to take it to the sky as far as we can take it. I, I I mean, I'm willing to take it there. Let's do it. Whatever it is, we'll sign up. Let's go. Right. And I mean, that's Um, all you can do. We will take it as far as we can possibly take it. That's how I feel about that particular question. Like as far as, uh, where we're going, the sky, man, you know, we'll take it until it burns out and they won't let us play anymore. You know? And that's, and and, Hey, that's, that's a great, that's, you know, that's probably the greatest answer I've actually had for that question is because it's an, it's a daunting question to ask It is because some, some people are like, well, I really, really don't know, but you know, for some, you you know, you, like you said, you're a lifer, you've committed your life to this because I know what the first hookers album came out in 96. Yep. And you know, I know you've like hit hard the entire way, at least for the last, what is that? 23 years. Interesting thing about the hookers, uh, is, um, yeah, it started back in 96. All that, the, the first singles came out then, and then we had that album. Uh, Satan's and, Highway. And then uh, followed it up with another album. And things were going quite well. We were touring a lot, and we had been approached by Sub Pop at the time. And all oh, this wow. rigmarole had gone on, uh, money talk, and it was all quite, quite daunting, like you were saying. It was right. quite over the top at the time, and enough to give you somewhat of ego about it. But then it quickly crashed and burned. Right. Uh, Due to the 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 band itself kind of imploding, all kinds of things happened. But uh, and we did, we were inactive for a period of time. But what was interesting was when we brought the band back, 
it was actually much bigger than it ever was as the original incarnation it of was the band. A cult following. Like over that time period, people had people had heard the rec- finally heard the records. You know, because right. there was such a backlash against us that the original uh, the original release of Satan's Highway and Black Visions that we were playing in kind of the garage punk scene and we're playing some stuff that's on the verge of venom almost, you know, like right. satanic and it's fast punk. It's not, you know, I'm yelling my head off. It wasn't like, you know, the mummies or something. And uh, so we got a lot of flack for that. And uh, I think that actually helped in the long run. Once the band died out, people heard about the flack and that created like an interest right. in and what I are mean, these guys about. And then it seemed like, oh, it's cool. They were doing metal then, you know? Right. And then you put out a few albums since then, Absolutely. like uh, it's midnight, the witching hour. Great right. album. I love like all of it. Thank you. You know, like the, I, I don't know. I sent you the, when I was walking down the, the alley the other day, I sent you the, the back alley trash back picture. Alley. I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, this is too good not to send. Yeah. I mean, that worked, that worked out so great too. Like when we, came back with the first comeback album it was hard to get out at first just because we didn't know what we were doing like who do we go with now we hadn't been active in so long and uh but that second comeback the it's midnight that was billy from razorback i mean those guys just helped us out so much right and put us in front of the proper audience that was already gonna like us you know and uh I know Stonecutter's lore of oh. Omer's played in the Hookers. Oh, Omer, Omer did some tours, absolutely. Nice. He, he did his time. <laughs> Every, everybody has except for me. <laughs> and then quickly left. <laughs> hey, hey, he's doing his thing, oh, and, it, and it's gosh. awesome. It's you awesome. Know, as, as me and well. Brian have been friends since high school. Oh, yeah. Out in rural Kentucky, Lincoln County, Bull County. Whoa. Where there are only yeah. like six metalheads down there, and we were <laughs> and two. And were two of them. That's right. right. Uh, so you all um, on Creature, you all did a cover song as well. That's right, Holocaust, Death, or Glory. Yes. Um, do you all do anything else? I know Hookers has, but what about no, Savage Master? Honey? Over time, we've done, like on record, we've done... Well, just in general, do you throw one out there for the live crowd occasionally? We used to do covers, but now I think we've got in a situation where... People are here to see you? Well, we have so much material now that... Picking a 35 to 45 minute set If you're an opener Is complicated There's songs that Like we always discuss There's songs we have to play Right Ripper and Black We can't do a show Without playing Ripper and Black Everybody wants to hear that you know? Right So we have to do it There's a list of songs Looking for a sacrifice That's one we're always going to do It's a right. crowd pleaser So we're always going to play that song uh, Death Rides the Highway. Death Rides the Highway. I love back it. in the set. We took yeah. it out over the summer, wow. and but it's back. You um, know, oh, the funny thing is, is, I usually end my show on two songs mm-hmm. tonight. You know, like I usually end either on Rifles, Murder Drinking, nice. and I'm like, hey guys, I'll see you at the bar, and I'm going yeah. to the bar and play Murder Drinking. And the other one is, if I don't go to the bar or anything, I'm like, see you guys later, and I play Death Rides the Highway. <laughs> That's great. Cause I, I, Car uh, crash metal. Yeah, exactly. Because I drive a, a black charger oh. and, and gun it the entire nice, way. Nice, man. That's very nice. American uh, muscle. To get back to the covers thing, though, yeah. uh, over the history band, we've done, we've done Swords and Tequila, of course, Riot. Right. We've done an Exciter song, um, Saxons of the Fire. We've done that Holocaust tune. Right. Which, I don't know if you're a fan of that album, but that's one of my favorite albums Ever from the Holocaust? Yeah, Holocaust, the Nightcomers. It's okay. just, oh man, it's so good. Anyway, uh, but used to we would throw in stuff like, 
Uriah Heep's Rainbow Demon. Wow. Um, I'm trying to, I know there was other stuff that we were playing earlier on at some of the shows and also in the jam room. And we've been working up this for, we've got a split single we're working on right now for, with Nuke, this band called Nuke. Right. Amazing Detroit, like post-apocalyptic rock and roll kind of band. Absolutely incredible. So, but we're both doing a split. We're doing a split with them on which we both do Ted Nugent songs. Wow. Which is not the most popular thing to do, but. <laughs> not these days. No. And that's, and that's totally fine. I, I'm not going to argue for Ted here. Believe yeah. me. But, uh, but at the same time, the guitar stuff is an ape. You know, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. So we're both doing those songs. So now we've been working up Stormtrooping and uh, Dog Eat Dog. So we've been playing those in the room a bit, that- which is pretty fun to play that kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> It's seeing also Sta- not that seeing far Stacey from Stacy sing "Dog Eat Dog." <laughs> yeah. would be insane. It's not that far from what we already kind of do. Well, once you play them, musically, you're like, these, yeah. songs, these songs are much kind of like our songs. Are. Oh yeah, but yeah. that's the influence. Seventies rock is a big influence on me, definitely, and early metal stuff, right. late seventies. Yeah, that's that's awesome Huge. stuff, though. You know, and back on the Angel Witch thing, you know, yeah. that's a thing like. You know, that was one of Mustaine's favorite bands. That's oh, a, yeah. They were, I can't imagine hearing that back then and not just being blown away by it, you know? Well, that goes to the Venom thing, you know? Slayer wanting to be Venom. And sure. Slayer's heavier than Venom. And it's just like, but Ultimately, it's like. Yeah, they, I mean, they did surpass them, sure. Right. And it's, but it's such. Same with Bathory. Kind of took the right. concept and ran with it to a darker place, you know? Absolutely. Well, we've only got a few minutes here left. Do you have any shout outs you want to give to anybody? Um, hey, just all Savage Master fans out there, thank you. Um, check us out on Facebook, Savage Master Official, or Shadow Kingdom Records, or check out our Bandcamp. Which is Savage Master Official at ban- yep. bandcamp.com. I'm looking at it right now, actually. It's total good stuff. And, um, dude, I want to thank you for coming in, and thank Thanks you for, for the me. album. I'm going to show this off to the camera up I here. I appreciate it. <laughs> Myth, Magic, and Steel coming out October the 25th, which is next Friday? think so friday yeah i think so and hey if anybody wants to see some live music come on out to the 21st amendment tavern this saturday night we have rifle push start and the god awfuls uh, doors are at eight thirty. show is at nine and it's gonna be five dollar cover charge and hey come out you can get a uh, a raffle ticket for a tattoo charlie's gift card sponsor of the metal forge here it's good stuff but dude, seriously, it's been awesome. I appreciate you I coming really appreciate in. You having me. Um, Thank you. I really it's been went, a long time coming. It has, you know. It has. We tried back in March, but you went on tour. I know, like, it didn't oh. work out yet. And you know, I totally would love to have you guys eventually come in and play. We would definitely like to get the band in here and try to try to pull something off. Try to play. Try so. to have John play on the little kit. <laughs> I'm not even sure if we can get John in that room. But oh, wow, <laughs> he's a monster. <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, so. Uh, it's not going to be a Savage Master tune, but it's a minute 47. I bet, you, bet you you're going to like it anyways. This is Hookers with Endless Slaughterhouse. You've been listening to the Metal Forge. Thank you all. Tune in uh, here in a couple hours for Midnight Oil with Zach Becker. He'll be here in just a minute. This is Hookers. Something wicked waits for you, getting caught tonight. 
Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait. You're listening to WCHQLP, Louisville, Kentucky, 100.9 FM.